Wide Web has long been host to copied and pasted stories of an apocryphal nature. These stories came to be known as Copybusta, and then the creepy variant emerged. Welcome to Creepypodsta, the Creepypasta podcast. Hello, welcome to the show. This is it. You're listening to it. I'm Jeff, and we're doing a normal, regular, plain all episode. That's I. That sounds suspicious, as if there would be some reason to believe that this was not a normal, regular, plain old episode. But it is. You shouldn't think it would be anything else. I, boy, I just can't put the shovel down. Uh, it's normal. I promise. It's regular. Uh, panicking, panicking. No, it's. We well, we did do a sort of split off for a little bit where we did those local legends episodes, but that was uh, at this point checks watch weeks ago, and it's really it was not that long ago at the time of this recording. But by the time you're hearing it, it will have been longer ago, I think. Yes, I just did another recording Monday night, and that was two episodes. So this comes out. Actually, I can even look at a calendar and give an exact date for when this episode should be launching. March 22nd, as far as I know, unless I've done my math poorly. Uh, But if you're listening to this the day it comes out, and something horrible hasn't happened to me to prevent me from editing and posting it, it should be March 22nd. That's neither here nor there. I have two guests on the show like normal, and they are both brand new to the show. Please welcome Colin Parker. Hello. And Graham Thompson. Hey, what's going on? Oh, you know, podcasting, <laughs> hanging out with, <laughs> hanging out with some strangers on Google Hangouts. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so we've got a suggested story, and now mm-hmm. I'm talking to stall for time because I completely forgot to keep my spreadsheet open with all the suggestions, so I could thank the person who suggested this story. But I can tell you that Colin chose it off of the list of suggestions. Uh, I did. I assume based on the strength of its title. Uh, yeah, I looked through a couple of the different titles, and that was the the one that kind of grabbed me almost immediately, um, just for, I think, kind of a multitude of reasons. Um, but uh, I'm honored to be here with all the creepers and the pastaers to bring the Bonewalker uh, to life. Creepers is good. I've struggled to find a name for the fans. Most people have just settled for uh, creeps, which that's not ideal. Uh, the the creepers and the carb the carb loaders. Yeah, carb creepers loaders. There the, we go. Or carb lovers. It's like it's yeah, a Scooby Doo villain. It's like one like the the first episodes. <laughs> Shout out uh, to my childhood. So- <laughs> Thank you to Jason Lee for this story, The Bone Walker. Colin, please summarize this story as best you can, and don't get upset if me or Graham jumps in to comment. Absolutely. You can jump in whenever you want. Um, So this story is uh, a little just uh, grotesque, really. Uh, It was one of those things where I chose it, and I was like, this is the one I'm going to do. And I literally said it before actually reading it, and then I started to read it and went, oh, boy. I've I've gotten myself into something here. Um, vivid so, is another word I would use. Vivid. What's that? Vivid. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's extremely vivid. Descriptive. Um, <laughs> this is um, the Bone Walker. Is the story about a, uh, a a young man who has essentially gotten himself into some sort of 
like mystical hijinks of just a level unknown to normal men. Um, so it starts off with uh, this dude kind of going out with some friends uh, and he bumps into some weird guy uh, who ends up getting blood on him uh, and like specifically like on his fingernails, uh, which at first I kind of didn't fully understand, but then I realized fingernails are made of your bone. Um, and so, you know, so he, he, the guy kind of freezes up a little bit after they bump into each other and he seems like kind of like basically just terrified of what he's just done. And the man tells him that he's sorry. Uh, and even though the main character that, you know, it, it doesn't have a name, this, this character, but you know, um, the narrator says that he believes him, but doesn't know what he's sorry for. Um, so, you know, he goes and cleans himself up and just tries to kind of forget about it. Uh, but then this is where that vivid aspect that Graham mentioned kind of comes into play. Uh, he's lying in his crappy little apartment, much like I have. Um, and, uh, you know, basically he is awoken by this sensation that starts within his body. Um, it kind of starts off as just sort of feeling strange. And then suddenly it is, you know, it, it evolves into being curled up in pain um, to the point where it's like, he's, it even says too shocked even to scream. Uh, so it's just, you know, he's freaking out, does not understand kind of what's happening. And then there is uh, quite suddenly a long blade-like um uh, a structure or item or something sticking out from his shin. Seems like, um, sounds like something straight like alien, like a uh, one of those, or, or like a uh, what's the the thing from Halo? The the, uh, the, the, the flood. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very much like that. And so you know, obviously, this is something that kind of freaks both the reader and the narrator out. It's sort of like a, where did it come from? Did somebody stab me? Like, how, did I, what did I do? Um, and so he goes to kind of call for help and it, you know, it's just, it's excruciating. Like it's, it, it, it's so bad that he can't move. Um, and the razor kind of shoots out and then there's a second one. And then basically the two separate slicing open a line across the shin. Um, and, you know, he has these visions of what it would be like for those, razors to continue and to slice into sections from the inside out. Um, one of the kind of like the more haunting lines, I think of the whole, uh, story is I almost wish it had. Um, and so, you know, um, the, the, he basically as much as he begins to panic in the beginning, he kind of starts running out of time to do so, to, to continue. It's like, it's just getting worse and worse. Right. So there's just more protrusions happening across his body. And then a, creature of some sort crawls out of his body uh crawls out of like the hole and the the lines basically made by these blades um and uh i'm I'm just gonna actually read a real quick excerpt from it because of like kind of how uh specific these words are to me um it starts with dripping with my blood it scanned the room with six pearly eyes seemingly carved from bone it stood on six razor-like legs the blades that had eviscerated my skin about two feet high it was much like a spider now see that one is interesting to me um just because of the fact that you know your shin isn't i feel like that large so i'm not sure where it's getting where the two feet is coming from unless i guess i mean you know the blades can clearly kind of grow and, and and change so i guess it can kind of 
expand and shrink and stuff on Will. Um, but then it continues on where it says, you know, uh, it says something to him, even though it has no mouth. Um, so this is clearly not, you know, something that we've ever come across in the real world. Um, he makes the mistake of when it asks him who he is, uh, he tells the creature nobody important. Uh, and it begins to sort of basically torture him. Um, and again, like this is an example of how you can tell it can grow and shrink and everything, right? It, it puts a blade in through his like tibia uh, and it emerges from one of his ribs. Yeah, it, um, it seems to in some way like magically travel via bones, hence the name, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Um, so he begins to plead for his life. And uh, I do think the the only thing that is funny to me is the word choice by this um, creature because after after he's like you know please just you know, I'll do whatever you want just don't kill me it goes acceptable <laughs> which I think is I don't know why that part is funny to me because it really shouldn't be considering it's frightening and freaky as hell but yeah, it's weirdly um, robotic considering it's this like magic bone monster <laughs> right but just acceptable. It, it makes me think very much of, uh, I mean, at least in my head, the voice that I heard for this creature is very much uh, Senator Palpatine <laughs> slash the oh, Emperor. Yes, perfect. You know, very much like, you know, because again, he's, you know, I'll, whatever you say, I'll do, I'll do it. And he's like, mm, do it. You know? <laughs> exactly. Um, he is the Senate. Sense. He's got the Senate living in his bones. Right. Right. Um, yeah. He, you know, I literally am the Senate. Um, so, you know, he's, he's, basically kind of thankful that he's living but you know very clearly in excruciating pain um it, it, it accepts you know his offer or whatever to do what he wants and then it climbs back into his exposed exposed bone sorry uh and then it leaves without really having given instructions so he, he goes off and tries to kind of get himself healed up you know he goes to the hospital gets the leg sewn up says it was an accident um and at first he thinks everything may be somewhat back to normal, and then, of course, it just sort of goes downhill from there, as if it wasn't already downhill, right? Um, but <laughs> Yeah, he's already you know, got this he's... bone monster living inside him, but now things really pop off. <laughs> right. Um, you know, this is not the general way that people want to get boned, I think. Wow. Uh, so this is, you know, this is definitely, he's not happy with this. Um <laughs> So basically, he tries to start memorizing as much as he can about it. How, you know, he said he describes it as spindly, uh, deadly, but and it, was, it was sorry, it was strangely beautiful in an ivory and insect sort of way, which is an interesting uh, set of words as well. Um, and so he thinks like someone has to know about this thing, but it, it gives him orders, right, to do things. So he starts off with small crimes, um, and it also makes him leave behind very contrived evidence, which is kind of a strange thing uh, for me. And then, you know, the stakes kind of start getting higher and higher um, on the things that he does. Right. Um, so then, you know, it starts putting taking him to more dangerous locations uh, and, you know, kind of making him deal with more dangerous people. Uh, at one point, uh, there's another slave apparently to this creature who gives him a long animal bone that was treated with that special blood, um, and he has to take it to very specific and shady locations, uh, and the creature would sort of emerge from it and talk with somebody, right? Someone who was clearly aware of what this thing was, um, whether that means that, you know, this creature had at once enslaved this other person or what, I you know, that part, I don't think we ever find out, Um 
And so basically the guy at first thinks that maybe he can kind of fight back against this thing. And then he sort of starts to give in to it, right? Um, there's as much as he does research on it, he just can't find anything. So he's continuously going out there and beating people. And, you know, he ho- holds up a convenience store at knife point. Um, Killing younglings. Yeah, yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, exactly. He kills some younglings. Cuts off Mace um, Windu's hand and throws yeah. him out commits the window. Treason. Right, commits treason on the highest level. Um, it's treason then. All right. So, uh, you know, and then basically like at one point, the, you've redeemed the worst... this story for me a little bit by making it Palpatine. <laughs> You're welcome. They just yeah. brought, they just brought back, uh, Ian McDermott just guested as Palpatine on the last couple episodes of Rebels. That was very nice to hear him back in that role. That's good. That's oh, I didn't good. know that. That's interesting. That's now very, they just that need Ewan McGregor good. to come back and do the new Obi-Wan movie. And then oh. Disney will well, be he is doing the new Winnie the Pooh movie, so that's basically yeah. the same thing, right? Yeah, Disney well, is already grooming him for to be in Piglet, Disney movies. I Piglet, so. don't try it. I have the <laughs> higher ground. Oh. And Piglet's like, oh, dear. So basically, Hayden Christensen here has to deal with watching Count Dooku. Okay, I'll get away from the Star Wars. So this guy has to deal with um, the, the worst moment of it is, um, it, it, so he, he takes some of that cursed blood and puts it on this person's fingernails, um, the way that it had been done to him. And then he watches as it slowly separates into sections by, uh, sorry, as the man gets slowly separated into sections by the razors right from the legs right yeah so first his hand falls to the floor then his leg popping off the knee by a rotating slice um so the man is screaming and begging and pleading for his life it tortures him to death basically um apparently for some information that the narrator just doesn't understand um and then he's forced to pick up the pieces and dispose of them which is just utterly disgusting and terrifying all at once um and so this is kind of where i think his personal story kind of gets uh hits basically the 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 bottom right um without being dead right so he decides that when he's not on assignment you know he needs to find this way to distract himself from the crazy shit that he's going through so he takes to to drugs like to hard drugs mm-hmm. um and his brother finds him on the streets because i guess he's he he, I, he must be homeless i think at this point um and just kind of wandering the streets so he tells the brother, you know, that the drugs aren't the problem. You know, he's losing his mind because of the bone walker. And the second he says that word, there's like a sharp jab um, in his shoulder. And then he's being like scraped across the lung. Um, and that's when he realized that it was watching him basically the entire time. And so the message was clear that if he told anyone, it would just destroy him right from the inside out. Um, so, you know, he yells at him as brother rather, you know, to get out of here. Uh, you know, you can't help me just just go away uh and so he starts hitting the drugs even harder um and he's basically this shell of what he used to be uh and that's when he's like i can't do this anymore like i i'd rather be dead than than continue to do this um it forces him to buy a rifle and train him in its usage it clearly wants him to kill somebody um probably somebody important but it you know it never tells him what the name of the plan is um so Finally, he he tries to think of like, you know, how is it going to kill me? Is it going to be instant, you know, just like straight through the brain? Or is it going to carve me up slowly like that one guy? Um, and he wonders if, you know, if he refuses, will they go after his family? You know, should he sacrifice his family just for this thing and, you know, all this other stuff? But eventually he makes the call to um, make an anonymous tip to the plan that's happening. 
uh, and they surround him, the police, right? And they, they handcuff him and he's in custody and he's uh, assuming that when it would come, it would, because there was no way that there, you know, that his family could do anything at this point, that that would be it, that it would just, it would just have to kill him, but then it never actually comes. So then now he's just stuck in this basically a sane asylum and, um, insane asylum, I mean, and, you know, wondering if he's ever going to be visited by this bone walker again, but he knows that the consequences of everything that's happened has left him broken. And so there's just, you know, he knows that at any time it could happen, just a sharp sliding sensation, and then I'll be dead, is what he says. Yep. Uh, it's now, now, what's interesting <laughs> to me is, uh, well, first I want to, let's get Graham's impression first. How did this story hit you? Uh, are you, uh, do you have any background in creepypastas or the no sleep form <laughs> or anything like that? Well, so, uh, I guess when, uh, when, when Colin was, uh, approached me saying like, Hey, do you want to talk into a microphone sometime this week? I was like, yeah, sure. What's, what's like the theme? What's like the, uh, the podcast or whatever. And like he, he said, yeah, we've been doing the, the creepy pasta. So I watched a couple episodes like, or sorry, listened, I guess. <laughs> and I mean, like overall, I'm a wimp when it comes to this type of stuff. I'm an yeah, absolute same. wimp. Like I, my go-to genres for movies, cartoons, books, whatever. It's always comedy or adventure or whatever. I stay as far away from horror as I can, so... Same, same. But, like, but reading this, like, I don't know. Stuff like this, I I don't know. I, I don't know. Some people probably read this and be like, ah, whatever. Like, a bone insect creature coming out of some guy's body. That's so dumb. I've heard so much worse and whatever. People might push this aside. I read this and I'm like, this is terrifying. This is absolutely yep. terrifying. <laughs> Yeah, I am also a real wuss. Uh, like this, this got a little, a little ripe, but for me. But usually, like, so, like a written story doesn't bug me. Uh, but I am such a coward for horror movies. Uh, I'm, I know I'm 120 episodes into this podcast, and still I'm like, oh, too scary. I've two years in a row now. I've watched uh, 31 horror movies i've never seen in the month of october uh so that put i think that put my 2017 horror movie total up to like 40 with all the like other stuff because get out came in february and i saw the belco mm -hmm. experiment because that looked like fun so it was like it was just i i'm accidentally getting into this thing but i'm still really picky about it and yeah this this was a little gruesome uh, what I wished instead of it just being gruesome is that there was also a psychological component, because I know this is written by Matt Demersky, and we've covered at least one of his stories before. This all spun out of a story called Psychosis, where a guy thinks that there's someone trying to get him, and he thinks like, oh, they're pretending to be my friend on the other line, uh, on like the other end of a text message. And they're like pretending to knock on my door and I can't leave the house or they're going to get me. And it ends with the guy uh, like stabbing his eyes out and then getting taken to uh, an insane asylum. And then uh, like you never find out whether he's right or wrong except then there's a little epilogue and the little epilogue is like little does he know he was he was right all along and there are monsters and then it the all like the there's this whole universe of spin-offs of other people at the asylum and what their stories are which mm -hmm. is why it links 
uh, from a different story in the beginning and has a bunch of links to other stories at the end. Um, it might be like there's some mega arc, but I think this is the only uh, arc story so far that I've read. Um, but I wish it had the component like in Psychosis where you're not sure if the Bone Walker is real or if this guy is just a crazy knife murderer. I mean, to me, I feel as if that is potentially what it is. I think that it... Uh, I think that it is a, a lot more of that this guy is more deranged and like that's sort of what he envisions because... I mean, you know, I don't know. I mean, obviously, I think creepy pastas and horror stories can clearly uh, suspend one's, you know, belief. Um, you know, like your imagination can kind of give you the ability to imagine something that wouldn't normally really truly happen. Um, but yeah. I think something that makes most good creepy pastas good um, is the idea that it could be real, mm -hmm. um, and. To me, it's more real that this guy kind of has this breakdown and starts to, you know, hit the drugs and starts to kind of get involved in things that he really shouldn't be getting involved He's in. He's hostage by this thing. Yeah. Well, well that's right. the thing. We do it, the the story doesn't seem to question that reality at all. Right. Uh, but what I'm bringing up and what makes it more compelling to Colin is like, is he held hostage by a thing or is he imagining the thing? Right. And my I think there's kind of two ways to look at that being held hostage thing, right? If you want to look at it from a truly pure realism kind of thing, either he's being held by uh held hostage by like a figment of his imagination because he's not actually sane, you know, um which is why he ends up yeah. in an insane asylum. Um or if perhaps, you know, he says that he's looking for something to distract him from this situation, but I also wonder if maybe drugs and addiction was a problem beforehand. And this is where it kind of gets out of hand. Yeah. You know, because the addiction could be keeping him hostage. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly it. Is he is he just crazy? Is like is this all a metaphor like so many horror stories for drug addiction? And I'm going to boldly put out there, yes, regardless of whether the author intended it to be or not, it absolutely is. Just the, right. <laughs> the same way that uh, Halloween, whether John Carpenter meant to make a, a horror movie about the everyday fear of being a woman, it absolutely is a movie about that. And I've brought that up on the show before because I think it's a really strong example of uh, perhaps accidental meaning being imbued in right. a movie. Because regardless of what the author intended there, that is what audiences have been taking away from it for 40 right. years Right, because that was, that was definitely what I pulled away from this because like when I had read read it you know it was definitely a moment of because there is no because because again the thing is that he goes i expected it to kind of come and kill me basically but then it doesn't right and that's because he's no longer really in control of himself anymore and he's yeah. and he's you know he's now you know being taken care of and so is yeah is go it ahead. drugs or is it like schizophrenia where it's like i, I mean I, it, honestly it probably could be both i mean like it could i think that what i would imagine is is that there is some sort of undiagnosed mental, um, you know, health uh, concern there. And then when, uh, it, instead of kind of seeking help and it was like, you know, whether it's seeing hallucinations or night terrors or whatever, you know, like just some, something happening that was out of the normal, um, 
you know, basically kind of started driving him over the edge, right? Um, and again, yeah. it didn't seek help because multiple times it talks about wanting to seek help, but assuming that the thing would kill him if he did. Yeah. Right. And so, yeah. you know, instead of asking someone to help him figure this whole thing out, he just tries to do research on it, but he can't find anything. And I'm assuming that's because there's nothing on it anywhere else. Right. And so then, you know, as you kind of get into a worse state of mind because you haven't sought help, you know, you start diving into something else that you think might help you. You know what I mean? Um, and so, you know, then using drugs as kind of an escape, but it, it, it isn't in the end, you know? Yeah. Um, the reason uh, it's 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 a very strong the the reason why the bone walker doesn't come back is because he doesn't have access to the uh the substances he was abusing or the behaviors that he was addicted to right right and i'm assuming that because then he's then being taken care of you know whatever he is afflicted by is being treated you know yeah. what i mean i mean he's um, also getting like electrocuted and tortured to get this story out of him in the the uh overarch <laughs> asylum so that's a little uh that's, that's another true. that's another layer that i feel takes away from the story a little bit actually but mm-hmm. yeah actually it's kind of the main reasons why i like i never even brought that aspect of it up um because also like the way that it's worded like i feel like there's a couple kind of weird moments in there like the way that it's written but some of the stuff is very well written you know, some of it is very uh, well put together and very vivid in the language. But when you read through, like, the, the introduction to the whole thing, it's a little off from the rest of it, you know? So I just yeah. kind of started from where it, where the story really begins and where I feel like it its voice is actually heard and noticed. Yeah, that framing segment is more like a Tales from the Crypt style way of just tying mm-hmm. all, all of this author's stories together, I think. Um, right. Yeah, this this becomes a much more compelling story if you ignore that it is a part of the Asylum series. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting because um, it sort of gives a bad message, right? Because at the end, the only thing that stops him from... Uh, doing crimes to support his drug addiction is going to jail like he turns himself into the police that seems a little messed up yeah i mean definitely a little bit but also at the same time um no matter what he was doing in other situations he definitely killed somebody and he was planning to kill somebody else so you know i guess it is somewhat a good message though that's like hey you you done did a murder and now you're turning yourself in. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. that is good. I totally forgot that the implication of the Bone Walker being fake is that he chopped a guy up. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Whoops. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, at least like come the end, like of the story, he is like quote unquote like fighting the Bone Walker, or at least resisting. Or after like. Mm-hmm doing yeah. all these terrible things he finally does kind of like there is a point when like enough is enough like that's after uh, like a bunch of terrible things he's done and stuff but like at least we get to that point yeah yeah i there's a, a lot of varying mental illnesses that will cause a person to behave in ways that um they don't believe in um i don't want to get too vulnerable here myself but i've got some manner of undiagnosed personality disorder that has made me uh be really really mean to people who i care about a lot and say like rude horrible things that i don't feel in my heart uh and i know that the 
first step to fighting back at that is to acknowledge that you don't have to listen to the bad voice. You don't have to obey the bone walker. Uh, and you right. don't you don't have to do the horrible things that it's telling you to do, and you will be fine if you don't. And I right. I think that's a, a a positive thing to pull away from this gross knife spider story. <laughs> right, and you know, not to be cliche, but it's like you know, if you find yourself in a situation like this, it really like the first step really is admitting that there's a problem. You know what I mean? Um, and so perhaps if this guy had kind of just admitted that there was something going on you know, he could have avoided this whole shenanigans. And the unfortunate thing is that he did have, it's his brother, right? That approaches him and says, hey, like, yeah. we're all worried about you. Your family is concerned for you. Please, like, <laughs> come with, like, I come back to us. Like, dad will give you a job. Dad, like, we'll take care of you. And again, he, he still has these, like, these images, these, these, whatever, this, this con- compulsion to, like, no, it's the bone walker. It's, it's going to yep. get me. He's still in <laughs> right. denial about uh, what his problem is. Yeah, you've right. turned me around on this story. I originally was like, nah, I don't think there's any uh, implication that the bone walker isn't real, but there absolutely is. In fact, the bone walker is not real. Right. I'm, I'm going to that... avoid reading any of the other stories in case they confirm that the bone walker is real. <laughs> I think that, um, you know, in this instance, it's like, it's. I don't know how to put this. Like, it is not a truth, but it is real to him. Yeah, exactly. You know? It's, well, so, um, so the Bone Walker is a metaphor for the dark side and how it captivates Hayden Christensen and right. forces him to kill these yep. younglings and do all these terrible things. And then come the last movie, he's like, hmm, maybe, maybe the dark not. side ain't so good. Yeah, maybe despite right. all <laughs> of these bad things I did, I can still <laughs> redeem myself. <laughs> And he yeah. takes the bone walker and he chucks it down an elevator shaft and he says, And then he the goes, Tell and... your sister you were right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, and then that causes her that causes her a bunch of anxiety later in her life because she has her brother the story being like story is there. <laughs> our dad our dad was good and she's like, uh, you mean that guy that tortured me and then blew up my planet in front of me? Okay, yeah, I and guess then... he was good, sure. <laughs> And then the great, and then like the grandson of the main character in the story is like, I want to have a bone walker. A bone walker make me seem so cool. Oh anyway, shit! This is that's this that's the connection. A Star Wars podcast. <laughs> that's the connection. Luke Bonewalker. Oh yeah, uh-huh. exactly. Uh-huh. That's his alternate. Oh, gross. That that would definitely be the porn parody name, Luke Bonewalker. That does yeah. sound a lot yes. like that. Yeah. Yep. Uh, anyway, let's let's get into the other segment of the show, the only other segment that exists: spookiest parts. Uh, Colin, what is the spookiest part of this story for you? It can be a line or just an mm. element of the uh, creation. Okay, so if I may, um, sort of almost give like a twofold answer because you again, may. we've talked about whether it. it's real or not. Um, if you want to go by kind of like the creepiest moment and just sort of what, like kind of just by pure wording and like what's kind of gross and stuff like that, uh, the scariest moment is where the, you know, where he's forced to put the cursed blood on the guy's fingernails um, and then he watches as it like destroys him and then he has to clean up after that, right? Um, I think that's the scariest moment if you're looking at it from a, this is a real thing and like this is the story. Um but I think that the scariest thing about all of it, uh, if you're looking at it from the other side of like us saying that this is clearly an issue that the guy had and this is sort of his way of dealing with it, you know, um, is the fact that this sort of thing 
actually happens in real life, you know? Yeah. Um, and that many of us may have bone walkers inside of us, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and you may never know until it's too late. So that's that's my answer. Graham, how about you? You got to follow up that really deep answer. <laughs> I was going to say, I mean, the Colin's second answer is, is definitely like the scariest part of this. I mean, like reading through this in like a uh, whatever, the the imaginative side of my brain is always like, this is terrifying. Bone walkers are scary as hell. But then like actually looking at the story like realistically, yeah, the bone walker doesn't exist. But these like delusions, this like, I don't know, dual personalities or whatever like this 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 manifests as is terrifying that it could i mean be as debilitating and just completely ruin someone's life like it does in this in the story Uh, (laughs) yeah that's the scary part to me you know there's kind of actually uh real quick actually one last also kind of interesting thing it's not so much the scariest thing but it is a thing about this story that kind of did sort of leave a somewhat impression on me um, is actually the very end of it when he thinks about, um, I know why I didn't return. I'm broken and I'm stuck here in any case. And I keep thinking, what if there are more? What if they come for me someday? Because I know there'll be no warning. It could come at any time, just a sharp sliding sensation. And then I'll be dead. Right. The idea of that, like this guy is for the rest of his life going to be scared of the fact that he could die at any moment from this creature that is within him. Like you said earlier, that like the whole idea that once he goes to the jail and he's cut off from the drugs, cut off from the stress, whatever it might be, he has effectively escaped the bone walker. He is now effectively away from it, but it's left such a permanent scar on him. Because that's what addiction does. Addiction is a disease and you never escape it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm going to get real basic with it and say my spookiest part is the description of the creature emerging from his leg. That part is definitely fucking gross. <laughs> uh, I hate spiders. Yeah, I I love when we cover a story on the show that ends up having a lot more to it than I thought I did. That we sort of, sort of comes out in the the discussion. Uh, mm-hmm. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give I'm gonna give the Bone Walker by Matt Demersky a a solid B plus because I still don't like the the framing segment, but the story itself is really good. Mm-hmm. Uh Okay, let's get into our plugs. Uh, Graham, do you have a place on the internet where people can interact with you if they would like to do so, or any projects you're involved with that you would like to plug? Oh boy. So uh, follow me on Twitter at, I mean, I think you just look up Graham Thompson, G R R R A H A M T. Um, Facebook, whatever, Scavengers Network, all that good stuff. The, the, um, the big overarching. And your Twitter has three R's. You said it really quickly, yep. so I just want to make sure yep. everyone knows that Grr. there are. It's like G R R R. There yep. we go. Yeah. Um, things I'm a part of. Well, I mean, like I'm I'm a, a regular streamer uh, and content creator for Unlocked. Um, we did uh, where I run the the book club there, the anime book club. Um, and it was actually in October. We did a uh, that whole month of October was like spooky shows. We watched another. That was terrifying. Um, I'll I'll get in my two shows, my like one scary movie a year, and that's about it. That's like all I'm. Uh, that's all I can tolerate. <laughs> uh, that's about it for me. Colin, how about you? What do you got? Uh, so if you want to find me on the internet, uh, you can find me on Twitter and places such as that at Colin C O L I N 
M as in Matthew Parker. Um, and, uh, you can also find me at scavengers net as well. Um, you know, I do a couple of different podcasts, uh, and, uh, the big one is basically journey under 30, which is just about me becoming a, uh, 30 under 30 media luminary named by Forbes. Um, so those are the places that you can find me and listen to the dulcet tones of Colin Parker. Cool. And of course you can find me in the usual places, J3FK, uh, Instagram.com slash Jeff JK. If you want to see pictures of my cat or, uh, <laughs> snap, Snapchat filtered photos of my face, uh, just, re- just request to follow it's locked, but I'll approve anyone who's not some kind of sunglasses spam account that is trying to sell me designer sunglasses at 90% off or something. Uh, that reminds me, did you want some Ray-Bans? Oh no, I can't believe this has happened again. A hundred episodes in a row. All my guests have been sunglasses spam bots. Uh, Oh, that's probably not true, but you know, maybe it would make a good creepypasta. Anyway, patreon.com slash JeffJK. A dollar a month gets you two bonus podcasts and a written thing. Uh, Man, I keep... I, I do a lot of goddamn Patreon posts and... You you people got to start backing it, please. That's it's. I I know how many people listen, and I know how many backers I have on Patreon, and I'm going to make a shame a shame gesture at at the rest of you. <laughs> um. Anyway, that's that's the show. I'll always like to finish with like a a little line at the end. Uh, there'll be no warning. It could come at any time. Just a sharp sliding sensation. Then I'll be dead. Thank you.